GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and joining me from all the way across the internet, Hovercraft Joe. What is up, LPJ? Good to see you. Hi, how are you? I like your little... Your little shot glass stand behind you, I can see. <laughs> At first, I thought maybe it was it was decorative spoons that you had hanging on the wall. And then no, I, realized, I, used to, I used to collect shot glasses, and I liked it so much that I have a special little shelf to keep them on. But. That's good, because otherwise, what would you do with them? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but we're, no Sphinx again this week, but we are not alone. One of the fun things about now doing this podcast, you know, remotely as we've been doing it is that we're able to have people on that we wouldn't normally be able to get into the studio. So that is the case. Joining us live from California is our friend Frasky. Frasky, welcome to the podcast. Thanks guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so do you want to, do you want to, do you want a name other than just Frasky? Do you want to be like, like big F? <laughs> <laughs> big I, I, F. I I definitely don't think Big F is going to be the name we go with. Are you sure? That <laughs> yeah. sounds like that one should stick. <laughs> Big F. No, 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 no. It's Big F. Oh, oh you got to say it like that every time? Uh, yeah, you got to say it like you're announcing a monster truck rally. Oh, all right. Well, no. Big F. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we just go with Frasky? I think that's good, right? Hey, yeah, listen, think- let him choose. Can I, yeah, let's just choose my name. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll do that. That's fine. Boring. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, like I said, normally, obviously, with you being uh, across the U.S., we wouldn't be able to have you on. But here you are, and it, it's working out, and it's pretty exciting uh, to, to have you on. So thanks well, for thanks. being uh, and we are here, uh, we, had a, we had a little uh, back and forth, you know, kind of decide what we were going to do movie-wise for you. Uh, but we are here to discuss... Uh, 1996's Escape from L.A., the sequel to Escape from New York, which came out in 86? Yeah, it was something like that. So, I think it was 86. Yeah. So, um, and, and normally where, where we start this is if we have any kind of uh, specific memories or anything like that about this movie. So is there anything particular about this movie that, that, that you know, maybe... Uh, why did you pick this movie? That's what I want to know. Why did you pick this movie? Well, you guys have picked like you guys have done like every major action movie that I could think of up to this point. So I was running out of running We've out of done, ideas. Hold on, hold on. We've done a hundred movies. You can only think of a hundred and one. Ever since the accident, I could no like a hundred. Like come to think of like all right, what's a good action movie that would be fun to do that like not serious to something. Uh, Something fun and uh, Escape from LA popped into mind because who doesn't love Kurt Russell? Uh-huh. Do you? Because obviously you live out that way. In fact, you live in LA. I do. I do. And the movie's not far off from what what we're going through. It's uh, it's actually a lot more realistic than I expected. I, so I will say, did does, did anything in the movie look familiar at all? Well, I mean, like all the major landmarks are there, and those are real. The uh, 
the only thing I laughed at during the whole movie is he's able to walk distances of like of 20 miles in two minutes. He gets around more. He gets around in a post-apocalyptic LA quicker than I do in a week. He manages seven hours. That's pretty great. Um, So uh, release date on this movie, August 9th, 1996. Uh, Budget, 15 million. We didn't talk about our first impression with this movie. Oh, shoot. Sorry. We're going to jump in the gun here. (laughs) Sorry. I know it's late. Uh, well, okay, late as in it's 9.58. Quite you. Um, <laughs> so, Fransky, when was the first time you saw this movie? Like, what is your experience with this film? So, I didn't see this in theaters, but I do remember coming across it on TV, like, probably late 90s on cable or something. And I just remember the, the, the scene that stuck out in my head that made me think of this was when Snake is getting uh, put through the prison and it, they're giving everyone the option, like, you can either go to Los Angeles or electrocute yourself. And I didn't understand what that, I'm like, why would anyone do that until I moved here? And now I get it. <laughs> uh, what about you, LPJ? Uh, I don't know if you remember, you and I saw this in the theaters. Did we? Yes. I don't think we did. I Yo, think you made we, that up. No, 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 no. We absolutely 100%. We saw it at AMC Wonderland. If I saw this movie with you, I completely yes. lobotomized it from my brain because I did not think I had ever seen it before. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, AMC yeah. Wonderland's the only place you're allowed to see this movie. Yeah. Like. No, we, we 100% saw this at AMC Wonderland in the theater. and Because we, we, we walked. I think James might have went with us because we had walked from my house to the theater, and went and saw it, and then walked back and talked about how terrible it was. I, I have zero memory of this at all because i'm gonna do that if you were about to be like hovercraft joe what's your first memory i'd be like i watched this movie for the first time for the podcast oh yeah i've seen the original i swear that i had never seen this movie before well we definitely you and i we definitely saw this in the theater well i i must have blocked it out because i really didn't remember that Uh, at all because i was i remember being so pumped to go and see this yeah because i liked the original a lot and uh, and then coming out of it, I'm like, he was surfing. Why was he surfing? <laughs> he was surfing. So, I was he so was, mad. He was surfing on a very poorly created CGI wave. Oh yeah, well, with Peter this- Fonda though. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's this movie is renowned for its poor CGI. Yeah, uh, and I, you know it's funny because like I was watching it, I was like, man, I was like, this CGI is bad like it's not even like passably and then i when i was doing my research i was like oh i guess it's known for having terrible cgi yeah but anyway yes so that was your first experience in this movie (laughs) okay i was about to say it was when i watched it like uh four days ago on uh the tubi app so guess i saw it in the theaters (laughs) yep um okay so uh release date was august 9th 1996 uh, budget was fifty million. Now I could only find it listed as like a domestic, like it didn't have like a separate domestic and worldwide gross. But that is twenty five million dollars. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <did not make-over-sees. laughs> <Uh-oh>. that's <laughs> like I'm surprised that this movie cost. Watching it, I'm surprised that it cost fifty million dollars to make. Yes, this looks. I'm, like- not, I'm like- not sure where that money went. Well, like. Ten million went to Kurt Russell, and I don't know where the other forty million went because I read too about the CGI house that they were like, "Yeah, it's bad because they didn't know how that worked." 
I saw that. They said it was the first. They gave it to this place to do the CGI. They had never done CGI work before. So when I when I saw this on give it to them. When I saw this on like I watched it on Amazon this week, and I saw the year that it came out is '96, and I'm like, I looked at other movies that came out in '96. It was like Independence Day and all these other movies. I'm like. How did you manage to get the worst <laughs> CGI company that's ever existed to do this this year? Hey, do you do you think Kirk Kurt Russell got some extra money because he apparently helped write the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's wild. Well, he, so, he, like, money he and John we... Carpenter wrote it before, like they had the script and and plot and stuff written long before the movie was made. Yeah, I did read that they said it was in development hell for like a really long time. Like that they wanted to make it pretty close to like the original one coming out. Yeah. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, okay. So the Rotten Tomatoes on Escape from LA is 54%. Better than I probably would have guessed. The audience score is 39%. Yeah, it seems <laughs> about right. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, top grossing movies of 1996 uh, – Number one, Independence Day. Uh, number two is Twister. And number three is Mission Impossible. I remember seeing all those movies in the theater. Yep. Um, this movie was the 63rd highest grossing film of the year. Uh, and other movies that we have covered on this podcast in 1996, we've covered number seven, The Rock. Uh, number 20, Broken Arrow. And number 51, Rumble in the Bronx. So. Wow. Wow, right? Wow. Well, that was a fear for this to crack in. I mean, you know, it's had so many great hits. I just think it's uh, shocking when you make a movie that makes less money than Rubble in the Bronx, which is like a movie that they just imported over here and dubbed yeah. and put out in theaters. That's wild to me that this Kurt Russell, John Carpenter, I mean, like they have a pretty decent pedigree of making movies together. Yeah, you know, this was like their fourth movie, I think, together. I mean the the uh, it's from New York, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, the thing, uh, the thing, yeah. So you would think this like, is for yeah. So you would think that like I don't know that them getting together would yield something a little better, but <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. So do we want to talk about the cast? Yeah, the cast let's do it. Amazingly good for a movie this bad. It is surprising all the people that are kind of in this movie. Like, and I feel like no, I feel like there's like two or three people that have like big roles and everyone else is kind of just in it like for a bit. Like they'd show up and I'd be like, oh, this, this is another character. And then they, they're gone. They're out of the movie. And I was like, <laughs> oh. So Kurt Russell plays uh, Snake Plissken, yep. uh, reprising his role from Escape from New York. Um, I also have uh, Steve Buscemi written down as a uh, map to the stars eddie yeah which is very confusing uh my boy stacy keach hold on is why it... is stacy keach your boy because i i'm gonna like spoil a little bit i was mesmerized by him in this movie because he had a ponytail and i was <laughs> every time he was on screen like one of my first notes in this is like Cece keach has a ponytail in this movie and that was like all i could think about is every time he was on screen i was like why does he have a ponytail in this movie? Like, I didn't understand. He looks like he looks like old Rob Van Dam. <laughs> he's supposed <laughs> to be like he's like a military commander, but he has a ponytail. Yeah. Oh, it's really and weird. pet and uh, pet cactus plants. <laughs> so, uh, so he plays Commander Malloy. 
Um, I, I also have written down Cliff Robertson as the president, although in my notes, I just referred to him as Uncle Ben because, <laughs> I mean, he's Uncle Ben. Uh, I also have uh, Peter Fonda written down as Pipeline. <laughs> he, sounds like, he sounds like a G.I. Joe character. It really does. Uh, Bruce Campbell as, was he, the Surgeon General of L.A.? Yeah, Beverly Los Hills. Angeles, of Beverly Hills. And uh, Pam Greer as Ishi? Or is it Hershey? She? It's Hershey. Hershey, Hershey sorry. <laughs> he, sorry. She? Wow. Wow. Hershey. Thank, thank you, Sphinx. <laughs> he, she, she. Oh, I'm sorry. He, she, Hershey is not that much of a difference. It I says Hershey. I didn't, I didn't have it written down on my thing. I'm sorry. I got confused. Uh, but what was it? Carjack Eddie, isn't that what he kept calling her? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is there anyone, uh, LPJ, that I didn't mention that you would include? There's, I mean, yeah, there's a few. Like Peter Jason's in it. He's a character actor. Brecken uh, Meyer. Brecken Meyer is in it. He's Brecken a surfer. Meyer. Who is Brecken Meyer? He's a surfer. He's one of the surfers. Oh, and I, I, I can't think of her name, but the star, one of the stars of Hot Shots was... Uh, yeah, Valerie Galeno. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Robert Carradine is in it. He's the skinhead guy that tries to attack him when he walks in. Oh, the guy that's like, hey, you want to throw some knives at this dead body? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Leland Orser. As Test Tube. Uh-huh. Another G.I. Joe character name. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I think who, all of the characters in this are G.I. Joe, like, characters. Who is Test Tube in this? He's, He's the guy that, yeah. The nerd guy. Oh, the guy that shows him how the satellites work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else has that guy been in? I recognize him. Um, he's been in a lot of different things. He's, um, I'm trying to think what you would know him in. I don't know. I recognize his face, but it's fine. Yeah. Also, can, can we go over the fact that, like, why is this main villain named Cuervo Jones? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it sounds so dumb. Because it's, it's... It, it, because John Carpenter, he just has silly names. That's fair. I, this is also one of those ones where it's like, it's just when at the time it's like in the future. So like there's normal names, but then like the president daughter had a really weird name. Utopia. Too. Like, <laughs> Utopia. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, Oh, some people are just have normal names and some people are Utopia. So I yeah. don't know. It's like, go figure, I guess. <clears throat> which is crazy. Cause like Goldie Hawn was cast as that role. And then she got sick and couldn't do it. As, Utopia. Is Utopia. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Really? Just, that totally changes the movie. Yeah, that's weird. If she, I, I think it was supposed to be like the president's wife, maybe, okay. and not, and not daughter. But okay. then they changed it and went younger with it, or I don't know exactly how it worked out. But you know what? I don't think anybody really knows how this worked out. <laughs> uh, okay. You wanna you wanna run through the net worth then real quick? Yes. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll start with you, Fresky. What do you think for Pam Greer? How much? What's Pam Greer's net worth? Uh, I'll go with five. Five million. What do you think, LBJ? Three. Ten million. You guys are really lowball on Pam Greer. Uh, what do you think about uh, LPJ? What do you think about Steve Buscemi? Ooh. Uh, twenty-five. All right, Fresky. I'll go forty. Uh, close, thirty-five million. You him. cheater! <laughs> cheater! <laughs> he didn't get it right. He's looking it up. I can see on the camera. How dare you? Uh, what do you guys think about uh, Bruce Campbell, Michigan's own Bruce Campbell? Uh, Frasky. Oh, sorry. I'll go twenty-five. OBJ. Twelve. 
Uh, 10 million. So pretty close. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> what do you think about, <laughs> what do you think about Mr. Ponytail, Stacy Keach? What do you think? Uh, Wait, oh, he's, he's still alive. Yeah, he's yeah. on American Greed, duh. <laughs> oh, my apologies. I'm sorry. Yeah. American Greed super fan. He's got Can a lot I, of American Greed money, man. Can I just uh, interject? I just want to interject a quick story because I feel like this is a good, a good time to do it because you just said that you thought he was dead. Uh, <laughs> Frasky, Frasky listens to the podcast, and one day, like, out of nowhere, I'm just sitting there, and I just get a text from him with no context. It just says, Tim Curry's not dead. And I was, like, <laughs> and I was so confused as to what it was. But he was listening to our Hunt for the Red October episode where we had a debate about whether or not Tim Curry was alive or dead. So I was just, it was just really funny. And, and the so thing random. is, I must, the, with the time change, you must have gotten that at like midnight. <laughs> it, was, it was so bizarre. And I was like, what is he talking about? Then like, I, I finally figured it out, but it was just really funny. But okay, so Stacey Keach, not dead. He's apparently on some show. Does he have a ponytail on the show? No, no, he's, he's bald, man. Oh, He's so aging gracefully, but yeah, no ponytail. So what do you think, LBJ? What do you think for Stacey Keach? Well, with no ponytail, he's worth less. Um, I'm going to say $5 million. Okay. What do you think, Frasky? I'll go two. Uh, $8 million. Whoa, good for the Keach. <laughs> <laughs> good for the Keach. And then finally, uh, Kurt Russell. What do you guys think, uh, Frasky? Kurt Russell. Uh, he's got all that backdraft money, so I'm going to go with $50 million. Oh, all right. are you kidding me? He's got all that soldier money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going $55 million. Oh. Uh, You guys are low-balling Kurt Russell. $100 million for him. Look at that. That's all right. right. Wow. It's a, it's a hateful eight money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, as we mentioned, uh, director of this film is John Carpenter. Uh, this is what about the third or fourth John Carpenter movie on the podcast? This is... Third. Well, we've done, um, we did uh, uh, Assault on Precinct 13. And we did Big Trouble Big Little China. Trouble China. Yeah. We did, I think we did one other one. Oh, well, anyways. We've so at done, least, we've, this is like at least three. We covered them a couple times. Everyone knows <laughs> that we just mentioned some of his movies. Uh, written by John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, and Kurt Russell, yep. as we've talked about before. His only writing credit. <laughs> and then uh, composers, of course. John Carpenter and uh, Shirley Walker. Because I feel like John Carpenter, does he do the music on all of his movies? Yeah, he does the music for all of it, yep. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I liked it. It's, it was typical, like, John yeah. Carpenter stuff. It was basically like a remixed version of the, of the original. Okay. I, and I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the original in a long time, so I didn't have any real good point of comparison. Like, I, I, I didn't wa- haven't seen it recently, so I couldn't remember. Well... This movie, if you've seen this movie, you've seen the first one. Well, I know that they're very similar, and I know that that was what they said that, like, one of the main criticisms of this movie is, is that basically it's just Escape from New York again. Like, it's not that different at all. It's really not. I mean, <laughs> like, parts of it are almost identical. It's, it's, it really is essentially a remade version of Escape from New York. Well, even as much as they said, like, at the beginning of the movie, he's wearing his, like, exact costume from that movie, right? Like, he's, yes. Like yeah. the, the pants and the jacket and everything is like what he wears in that movie. Yep. So um, it's also the only sequel that John Carpenter has directed. That's correct. He wrote Halloween 2, but didn't direct it. Yeah, he did. He turned down directing it. And he's like, hold on, I got to give me some Escape from L.A. though. 
It's also the only. Uh, it's also the only movie that was able to get Tool and uh, Sugar Ray on the same soundtrack. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. As of now, don't worry. <laughs> I'm working on it. Sugar Ray's on the soundtrack. Yes. Uh, the hit track Ten Seconds Down" is track number six on the soundtrack, sir. <laughs> I did not know that. I did. Along I with Tori Amos and the Deftones. Yeah, this soundtrack is so weird. <laughs> It's so strange. I did not. I, I did not know that. Um, so I, I I didn't I didn't write it down, but I just um, I just pulled up the taglines. If you want to run through them real quick, do it. Okay, first one. Plan your escape this summer. Okay. Okay, it's a little on the nose. Okay. The next one is Snake is back. Yeah, I see that on the poster. Okay, that one's good. And then, and then it's just plan your escape, but LA from plan and escape are highlighted. Uh, I guess that's on the poster. All right. And then the last one is the man with the patches escape New York. Try LA and the apocalypse. All right. That's a, yep. That's a tagline. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't have just pulled them up now because they're not very good. Yeah. What have they ever been good? That's true. I feel like, like I said, I think that's a problem with IMDb. I think they're just like, this is stuff on the poster, so it was a tagline. Well, I mean, that's that's right. I mean, that's really what they are. That's fair. I guess you're right. So, um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be honest, those weren't great taglines. Um, anything else uh, we need to cover before we get into the plot of this movie? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... There's stuff. I, it definitely took them a long time. I, they they started writing the script in '87, and it just never got made. And then eventually did. <laughs> that's really well, all there is like, to it. Like when I watched it, that's what this felt like. Was I was like, oh, this is a late '80s action movie. And then when I saw it was '96, like you held on to this too long. Like, <laughs> if it is, I think I would have had more. Simp- I would have. I would have appreciated it better if it was like, ah, this came out in 1986. It's- it does. You are right. It does seem like it was something you, like you said, like they wrote and then they were like, okay, we're going to make it, but they didn't like bother to update it at all or anything. They were just like, no, it's good to go. We'll just film it as is. Or it's like they updated the wrong things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, we're going to add holographic technology. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to add fire resistant coats. <laughs> you know what they should have updated the opening credits. Cause they were, terrible <laughs> they were not great i was watching them i'm like these are so stupid it's just like green lines like yeah. <laughs> well i mean that's kind of how the first one starts all right well fair but still <laughs> like okay so the beginning of this movie is like the biggest exposition dump you can imagine oh it's super expositiony it's like they backed a dump truck up and we're just like oh, here you go okay Here's, let's see if I can cover some of the stuff in this, all right? It's 19, in 1998, they create a un, United States police force. In August 23rd of 2000, a gigantic earthquake hits, and it, uh, like, cuts Los Angeles off from the rest of the country. Still going. The Constitution is amended, so the pre, and the president accepts a lifetime term in office. Also, I don't know why this needs to be in there. They moved the capital of the United States to Lynchburg, Virginia, from Washington, D.C. 
Also, Los Angeles is declared no longer part of the United States and becomes a deportation point for all people found undesirable or unfit to live in the new moral America. Finally, we get to 2013, which is when this movie takes place. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you, and you missed all the, 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 like, throughout the movie, they mentioned stuff like tobacco's been banned, alcohol's been banned, you can't red have meat red meat, you know, don't swear, uh, don't, you know, you have to be Christian, stuff like that. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's funny, after that exposition dump, my first note says, Special effects, like, special effects like real bad right off the bat. Like when they were like zooming in and showing you like the coats and I'm like, this does not look good. And we're like three minutes into the movie. What if they had explained like special effects are banned. <laughs> Competent CGI also banned. It would have made a little more sense, I guess. Like, well, that's what happened, duh. <laughs> So uh, they're, they're bringing in a prisoner. Uh, they're talking about how he's like the most wanted and how he's committed 27 moral crimes and all this stuff. And surprise, surprise, it is Snake Plissken, who everyone in this movie knows, right? Like that's like, it's like a running joke that everyone's like, oh, are you Snake Plissken? Like everyone knows who he is, right? Well, it's weird. Everyone knows who he is, but they're all like, oh, I thought you'd be bigger. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, if you I know who he is, you'd know what he looked like. And I looked up how tall Kurt Russell is. He's 5'11". That's not, like, midget short. Like, it's just an <laughs> yeah. average. Like, I can understand if, if it was like, oh, he's 5'2", but, like, you're 5'11". I, you're tiny. Like, what yeah, was that like, about? <laughs> I don't know. It was very confusing. That and, like, all the references this movie makes to, like, Cleveland. Like, they were just, like, every single time. Someone was like, <clears throat> something about Cleveland. You got caught in Cleveland. I remember we did a job in Cleveland. I'm like, why does Cleveland keep coming up? That was. So I, read that, I read that in the research, too, is that uh, John Carpenter knew a guy who knew someone named Snake Plissken in Cleveland, Ohio, which <laughs> made me want to actually find Snake Plissken in Ohio and be like, so what's your deal? Yeah, why is your first name Snake? Like, why didn't you actually make a Escape Cleveland movie? Like, that would be fine. <laughs> Um, okay, so they bring Snake in, uh, uh, a lady scratches him, they're walking him down the hallway. That scene you talked about where they're like, hey, you can either go to LA or electrocute yourself in these electric chairs, and he's like walking down that hallway and uh, they scratch him. This lady walks by and scratches him. We'll find out what that means in a second. Um, so uh, the plot of the movie is the president's daughter, she like hijacks Air Force Three, <laughs> Steals this, like, unidentified, like, black case that was on the plane and, like, takes it to L.A. And they want Snake to go in and get this black case. We don't know exactly what it is at this point in time, but they want him to go into L.A. and retrieve this case for him. But he doesn't want to do it. But they're like, hey, joke's on you. When that lady scratched you, she infected you with this Plutoxin 7 virus. Which in like, was it, how many hours does he have until it's going to kill him? 10 really? hours? 10 hours, yeah. Yeah. So like, you got infected. It's going to start in 10 hours. You're going to die. It'll shut down your entire like nervous system. So if you go in and do this for us, we'll give you the cure. Right? That's kind of the setup. That's how they get him to do it. So he's like, all right, I'll go do it. <laughs> now when they're gearing him up, like, <laughs> they give him. They give him, like, some kind of weird... Like, what was the mouth dart thing they give him? Can someone explain that to me? It's like a... 
It's like a blowgun dart, but it's tiny. It's like a like a tiny little blowgun dart. I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's like the needle from a, like when you're inflating a basketball. Like <laughs> yeah. So he has that, and there's like a, a hologram projector, which they spend a long time explaining. And like I was like, this is coming back into play at a certain point, and you really have to wait for that hologram projector to come back into play. They set it up like at minute five of the movie, and then it doesn't come back into play until like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's a it's a long wait. Um. So and all, so they're gonna send him in. They're like, hey, we got this one man like nuclear powered submarine. We're gonna send you in. They're like. But if you find the president's daughter, kill her because we think that she's like super immoral now and a traitor and blah, blah, blah. So kill her. Um, I do like when he's about to get in the sub. He's like, hey, are you the guys that are going to administer the antidote? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay. And he tries to shoot him with a gun. <laughs> but they, they loaded it with blanks. Like the first like clip was loaded with blanks. So it's like, well, it's a good thing he tried it there and not when he was actually needed to shoot somebody. I was thinking that too because Stacey Keach is like, we always load the first clip with blanks. I'm like, does everyone else know that that's using this gun? <laughs> so he gets in this stupid sub and he's, he's driving through some terrible CGI water to get to Los Angeles. And like, he immediately fucks up the sub. Like, oh, yeah. like, they're like, don't put it in the red or don't do something. And he's like, <laughs> oh, he's like, I don't so much time and it's like the boat ride took 30 seconds like if you just kind of dialed it back for 10 seconds you wouldn't have lost your nuclear boat yeah. <laughs> he like he like messes it up and then he like lands and he gets out and it's like on a dock but then it like but it, it doesn't it doesn't land it jumps out of the water <laughs> like it's got legs okay it jumps out of the water and it lands on like a dock and he gets out but then, like, the dock collapsed and, like, it falls into the water. And that's when we're introduced to Peter, Peter Fonda's surfer gang. I guess that's the best way to describe them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Are they really a gang? I mean, they have guns, sure. But they, seem like, they seem like they just kind of chill, just chill out and surf. I just And I don't know, why is Peter Fonda in this movie? It's so weird that he's in this movie. He's, like, in the movie, in the scene, and he's just like, oh, he, he knows. He's like, oh, I know who Snake is, and... You know, he just kind of talks to him a little bit, but, like, it's weird. He does come back. His other scene is way more ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are ridiculous. Right. Fair enough. So Snake's first plan of attack is he's like, I got to get to the Hollywood Bowl. I got to try and find – because they had originally sent in a five-man team, but they were all killed except they thought one of them was still alive. So they're like, hey, go find the remaining team member, okay? So he goes – and he traces a signal, oh. and he goes into, like, this, like, I guess it's just, like, a whorehouse or something. Yeah. And, like, he finds the guy, but he's, the guy's dead, and they're basically using him as a dartboard to, like, throw knives into. And uh, so here's a question I have for you. This is, like, a prison island, like, cut off from the United States. How does everybody have a gun on this island? <laughs> well, and that was one of the big questions I had is – the rest of the world like the United States or is just the United States like that? And if that's the case, if it's just the United States, why do all these people still stay in LA? Why don't they just well, go to a different country? Uh, and where are they getting all their stuff? They obviously have to get food and supplies. <laughs> and where's it all coming from? 
LA and this everyone everyone either has a gun or is like a hooker. That's like this Los Angeles in this movie. So and, many and that is fair. That is actually kind of accurate. So, <laughs> that's not. I I know I have I have both. So, so guns that you have guns and hookers right now. Uh, uh, hooker outfits and guns. Oh yeah. oh I see. Yeah. So then like okay. So he keeps asking, he's like, I got to find, he's like, where can I find Cuervo Jones? I got to find Cuervo Jones. Cuervo Jones, by the way. (laughs) I'm sorry, I dropped my note. I had to pick it back up. They describe him as a Peruvian terrorist and a member of the Shining Path. But I feel like they never explain what the Shining Path is. They just say that he's a member of it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a cult or a terrorist organization i didn't know if that's what the the name of like because they keep talking about how they have allies in like cuba and all these other places i didn't know if they were like you know like the axis of evil i didn't know if they were like the shining path and that's why like i think this movie like it definitely got written in the early 80s and just not made till the 96 because i don't remember in the 90s thinking like you better watch out for peruvian third world uh, freedom (laughs) fighters yeah it was very weird that it was specifically like oh yeah he's a peruvian terrorist like Okay, so so he's asking everyone. He's like, "Oh, where 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 can I find Cuervo Jones?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, just like go down there." And like Cuervo Jones is having a parade. Like that's the only way I can describe it is that all these people are standing around, and he just comes like driving by in this car, and he's like, "I'm Cuervo Jones," and it's, it's like really convenient. Yeah, like that's what it is, right? I mean, is it oh, not it's a, parade? a parade? No, it is straight up a parade. So. So Snake steals one of the guy's motorcycles and he's like going after him. And then like immediately he loses that cool gun they gave him. Like in this motorcycle. Like he loses that. And then like I was so confused by this part because he does like he's like vroom, vroom, and he does like a wheelie past these guys and then they like immediately crash. Uh-huh. I was like, why did those guys crash? Because he did a wheelie. He's either he's either terrible at what he does or phenomenal. I can't tell. <laughs> it's very confusing. Like- well, yeah, as like a special forces, like, you know, super soldier, you're like, I'm beginning to doubt your competence. Like, you've crashed the boat. You don't really have a plan. You just kind of destroy everything. You've you lost, lost your gun. Gun, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then, he get, then he gets taken out by Cuervo Jones throwing a bolo at him. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a bolo at him. He wipes out on his motorcycle. And then he loses his jacket. Oh, like, he leaves his jacket behind. So it's like... Okay, you've already lost your gun, your jacket. This plan is going horrible. So he's surrounded by Cuervo's guys. <laughs> and they're all going to shoot him. And he's like, he's like, all right, hold on. He's like, let's do Bangkok rules. And to my surprise, everybody seems to know what Bangkok rules are. Because In fairness, says, I use Bangkok rules at most meetings. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, Bangkok rules. He's like, he's like I'm going to throw this can up in the air and nobody draw until it hits the ground. So he throws the can up in the air, and then he just immediately shoots all the guys, which I did, I did chuckle. That's I thought that great. was pretty good. Um, and then we do see that one of Cuervo's guys, like, picks up Snake's jacket. And he's like, oh, it's a nice jacket, and he puts it on. So maybe he'll come back into play. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, this is when uh, Snake runs into uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Matt to the Stars. Eddie. Let's just call him Eddie. Okay, we'll just call him Eddie. And he's like, hey, do you know how to get to Cuervo Jones's place? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like that way. Um, but you should probably like, like everyone's got these weird like recorders or what is that? P- 
piece of technology? How would you describe that that everyone uses? I mean, they're like, it's essentially like a CD player, but it's like tiny CDs. (laughs) I mean, that's it. It's like a, it's like a calculator CD player. Um, so, so like he, but it's like, it's funny. Cause it's like, he plays it a little bit and it plays like, I love LA on there. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but then like, okay. So he's like, Oh, go that way. He's like, you should take this. And snakes like, nah, I'm good. So he walks down the road and then he like, he's like, well, hold on. Let's back up a second here. Who's Steve Buscemi selling that to? <laughs> These people just got deported. They're not going to have any money. And he's, what, what was the price? It was like, $50,000. We don't know about <laughs> inflation in 2013. You, you know, you're saying to yourself, you just got sent to Los Angeles. You've got your guns. You've got your hooker outfit, but I don't know where to go. Yeah. And yeah. You can still, I, it shows you where all the famous landmarks are, even if they all are destroyed or whatnot. Right. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. So he goes, he starts walking down the wood. He's walking down the street. And then like he, there's these guys in hoods. So he hides in the bushes with the lady from uh, Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And she, she, I think she recognizes him as Snake, too. She's like, oh, are you Snake Plitzkin? Yeah. <laughs> like, so everybody knows who he is. So they get captured by the dudes in the hoods uh, and taken to, like, this weird hospital where I guess, like, it's, like, these people in L.A. and they're constantly getting, like, facial, like, surgery and stuff like that, like, well, they need okay. So they've had so much plastic surgery done that they have to keep having it redone because the skin is just rotting. So they keep having to replace body parts in order to stay alive. Okay. So then Bruce Campbell shows up. As yeah, a you're right. Not the weirdest thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's fine. I mean, I knew it was something like that. I just couldn't remember. So Bruce Campbell shows up as the Surgeon General of L.A. And he does. He looks weird in this movie. I think because his face is supposed to be like bacon plastic or yeah. something. So he looks weird, but he sounds like uh, Bruce Campbell. Uh, Snake gets him with that weird mouth dart thing. He's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's him in like the, in the head or the neck or something. Um, so they end up getting out of the, this hospital, him and, uh, the lady from Hot Shots, whose name is like Tez Lima, I think. It's so weird. Let's just stick with Hot Shots, lady. I like that. Everyone okay. else has a name. Yeah. Tez Lima. So him and Tez Lima, they escape from the sewers. And again, he's like, oh, well, how do I get to Cuervo Jones? And she gives him directions and he leaves her. And then she like catches up to him. I'm like, oh, she's going to be a main character in this movie. But no, then she gets shot and killed. Yeah. Good God. Like, like, I was so confused. Why did they bring her back into the movie just to kill her off? He, and she spends a decent amount of time with him building some kind of character rapport just right. to kill her off, like, in the most inane way possible. She gets shot. She's not even killed by a villain or anything like that. It's like, oh, random street gang just wa- wiped you out. Hey, she did say they were in Korean dragon territory, so. Oh, well, back up. Oh, well, fair enough. So then uh, Eddie shows up and he's like, hey, I'll give you a ride to Cuervo's. And he's like, sweet. But then it turns out that he works for Cuervo. He's Cuervo's agent. And his car is like in the glove compartment. It shoots out like tranquilizer darts. Yeah. Wait, so, agent for what? I, I don't know. It just says he's his agent. You know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but what's he representing him for? I think it's just like a Hollywood LA joke. It's like, oh, he's an agent. I don't know. So anyways, 
they knock Snake out. Uh, he, he wakes up, and that's – this is – okay. LBJ, would you take a stab at explaining to me what, like, the MacGuffin, what this black box device – please take the reins and explain what it does. Okay, so do you guys know what an EMP is? Yes, an electromagnetic right. pulse. Right, right. So there's an EMP. It takes out electronic devices. This is essentially a satellite-based EMP that circles the entire globe that can, with pinpoint accuracy, wipe out the electronic... Well, what's weird is it wipes out, like, everything. Not just, not just electronic, like, everything in yeah. whatever area they pointed at. Pointed at. Now, granted, that's not how an EMP actually works, I was but gonna that's say, what the I, device is. I was going to say, I thought an EMP would, like, knock out electricity and stuff for a time, but then yes. it would, like, it would and, work again. Yeah, you just repair it, and it's, it's fine, yeah. And it doesn't have any effect on analog things. So, like, wristwatches would be fine, or things that run on batteries would be fine. Well, and, and so, so they explain what it does, and also at this time, like, they think, like, snakes, like, the, Uncle Ben's really big on, like, he's like, ah, like... Stacy Keach is such a cheerleader for Snake Plissken in this movie because, like, the president's like, I want to do an airstrike. And he's like, you can't because he just used a device to knock the planes down. He's like, we just got to give Snake some more time. He can, he can pull it off. And while, while Cuervo Jones is doing, like, his ransom or whatever video, you can see Snake's <laughs> in the back on, on a treadmill just, like, yeah. what are we gonna... he's Why on the he... Nordic track for some reason. <laughs> Why does he just stand on the edge of the, of the treadmill? I don't know. I don't know. I was like, is he like powering something for them by running on the treadmill? Like, I didn't understand if that was part of <laughs> yes, it. Straight up Flintstone style. <laughs> That's it. That's the treadmill that runs all the electricity in LA. So he does a demonstration by knocking out all the power in Lynchburg, Virginia, the new capital. And then we get to perhaps the greatest sequence in this entire movie. <laughs> they, they take Snake to the LA Coliseum, correct? Yes. That's where they're at. Oh, yeah. So in the L.A. Coliseum, there's all these weird, just, like, different kinds of, like, death matches going on. People fighting, people doing all these different kinds of things. Like, there's a guy that chops another guy's heads off with, like, a giant pair of hedge clippers. <laughs> so they keep walking up through all this stuff, and then they get to a basketball court. And there's a guy on the basketball court, and he's trying to make, like, a shot. And, he like, the shot clock's going, he shoots, and he, like, misses. And then, like, there's all these guys on the outside of the court, and they just, like, shoot him with machine guns, and he dies, right? So How did, how did none of those other people get shot with crossfire? Like, because they're surrounding, they're surrounding the, the, the basketball court, and they're all shooting toward the center of it. it half of them would be dead. So, I don't. So they're like, hey, they put Snake in there, and it's like, it's something crazy. Like, he has, like, he has to make 10 points, but he only has, but it's full court basketball, and he Not only missed. has, like, yeah, you can't miss, and you only have, like, the length of a shot clock, the shot clock to make it, and it's, like, all this stuff again. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, you can tell that, like, Snake is supposedly starting feeling effects of the virus they injected him with, and then... <laughs> And the craziest thing in this whole movie is, like, he's amazing at basketball. He's just, like, draining shots, like, progressively harder and harder shots. Like, at the end, he makes a full-court shot to win. Interesting fact. Uh, Kurt Russell practiced so he could make all of those shots, 
and he is actually the person shooting all of those. I know. I read that, and I'm like, did he really make that full court shot? I believe. He it. Ma- but he probably made it, but it doesn't mean he did it like the ten for ten in one take. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. There was it wasn't. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a single yeah. take shot. Hey, where did he you made see? All- did you see the boots he was in? There's no way he could run a basketball court in those boots. But I was like, why, why of all the things you could have him participate in, was it this basketball game? It was so random to me. Yeah, it, yeah. It made about as much sense as a surfing scene. Have you ever seen a death match at the LA Coliseum? <laughs> no, but like I've done work and seen things at the LA Coliseum. And it's funny because it, it has plaques like on the, col- on the columns of like all the major events that have happened there. Like, oh, you know, the Pope has spoken here or president has spoken here or Martin Luther King has spoken here or there's been two Olympics here it's weird I haven't found the plaque yet that explains how Snake Plissken went 10 for 10 on the layup line from hell it should be there yeah but I don't know really, why it's not it really should be thwarted Cuervo Jones the Peruvian terrorist by you sinking know, if I get that plaque made I'm gonna see if I can sneak it up there and just put that on there <laughs> No we're, gonna see you. we're gonna see you on the news. Man arrested for trying to install plaque at the LA Coliseum. Dedicated to the defeat of Cuervo Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Peruvian terrorist and member of the Shining Path. Um, so after this happens, like he's still gonna kill him, but he doesn't. And then like I, I don't remember. Some shit starts going down and in the confusion snake. Oh, is it, isn't there an earthquake? Oh, that's right, because there's constantly like earthquakes going on. So he escapes because of the uh, earthquake. Uh, and then he, like, gets that black box from Cuervo, and he uh, he jumps into the sewer to get away, and uh, Utopia follows him. Um, and it, she's like, hey, take me with you. And he's like, ah, I don't really want to do that. But he can't quite kill her, even though he's supposed to. And then uh, Steve Buscemi shows up and, like, shoots him in the leg. And he, like, falls down into the sewer. And uh, Buscemi gets the case. And he's like, hey, I got the case. Uh, and Cuervo's like, great, is Snake dead? He's like, I shot him. He's probably dead, but he wants him to go find him. And then um, then Peter Fonda shows up again. <laughs> oh, he doesn't just show up. He shows up with a dune buggy and, thankfully, an extra surfboard. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a dune buggy. <laughs> he tells Snake, he's like, he's like, well, listen, he's like, I, I think he's the one that tells him about, uh, about Hershey, right? He's like, yep. yeah. He's like, you got to go talk to Hershey. They used to be Cuervo's partner. Like, they can help you out. And then, um, then a big wave comes. Tsunami, bro. <laughs> and him and Peter Fonda start surfing. As one does. <laughs> it looks so bad. No, and I love his instructions. His instructions are, don't get up on the board until you reach the top of the wave. The first thing they immediately do is it's stand st- up on the board. <laughs> And then, so it's like, it looks terrible when they're surfing down the middle, right? But then, like, Steve Buscemi comes, like, driving along the side of the road. He's, like, driving in a car right next to him while they're surfing. And, like, uh, like uh, Snake's like, hey, see you later, dude. Peace out. He, like, jumps off his surfboard onto the back of uh, Eddie's car uh, and ends up, like, taking the car over and makes him, he's like, hey, take me to... Uh, to Hershey's place, which is a boat in the middle of the city. Yes. Yeah, so that's so they somehow somehow the earthquake took the Queen Mary, which is like this old World War II steamship that's in Long Beach, and somehow transported it through South Central LA <laughs> and just dropped it off 
in downtown Long Beach for some reason. I mean, uh, L.A. for some reason. So that's cool. <laughs> I was wondering if that was like a real uh, like landmark or something out there. But so that's when he that's when he meets with uh, Pam Greer's character, Hershey, who formerly was uh, Carjack. Carjack Malone. Malone. Who he knew in Cleveland. Again, more Cleveland. And also... I was confused too. They casually mentioned they're talking about like the money they'll get paid and they're talking about greenbacks. And he's like, no, you'll get bluebacks for this. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm like, bluebacks? They have a different kind of currency now? I guess. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he basically tells her, she's like, hey, if you help me out, we're going to not only get out of LA, but like the president agreed to give everyone who, who helped get this thing back $10 million. So they're like, okay, we'll help you out, but how are we how are we gonna get to that? Straight up lie, a hundred percent. So they're like, oh man, how how are we gonna get to the kingdom by the sea, which is Disneyland, right? It's Disneyland because it's in Anaheim and it's Disneyland. Yeah. And I heard that they wanted to call it Disneyland, but Disney was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, you can't call it that. So they call it Happy Kingdom by the Sea. So like, how are they gonna get there? Of course, they're gonna hang glide there. Of course, they are. That makes perfect sense. So, so they all get on the egg lights and they're just cruising through the city and they, they end up at this big meetup for Cuervo Jones where everyone's like shooting their guns in the air. Um, and I don't remember, like, did they establish at the beginning that this helicopter was going to come pick up Snake? Was that why that helicopter yeah. was there? Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you I, see? Yes, it did. Did you see? Okay. Um, did you recognize that set? It's the, little, the no. little shootout at the very yeah. end. No, what was that it? is it's an, it's Universal's back lot, but that is um, Hill Valley Times Square, <laughs> downtown like, Hill Valley for Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> so the clock towers there, like the the uh, the diners there, the movie theater. The helicopter there. from Zero Dark Thirty is there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't because the the helicopter lands and they like immediately like pull like the pilots out and like. Why? And the pilots are like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I, I didn't realize all this was happening. They're in a helicopter. They could see it. Why did they open the doors or get out? Why did they land? Why did they land? Why did the doors open so easily? I don't know. Um, but before, before we can sort any of this out. Like, Why did they land, Joe? Why did they land? They're in a helicopter. I don't Let's know. land in the middle of all the people shooting guns. Because they thought Snake was there? I don't know. So anyways, but then Snake and Hershey show up there on the hang gliders. And despite the sheer amount of people that Cuervo has, like, they're doing a pretty good job. They all they have, like, endless grenades. They're, like, thrown from these hang gliders. They're just, like, like doing more maneuverability in a hang glider than I think is possible. And just, <laughs> you know what like, it reminded me of? It reminded me that? of the fight, fight on Endor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, like, the Ewoks, like, throwing the rocks uh-huh. down, but they're throwing grenades down. Um so then uh, Snake has like a, like a mano and mano fight with uh, Cuervo Jones. They duke it out for a little bit. Um, Snake gets the device from him. He also gets his coat back, which is pretty exciting. Um, so they're flying off. They all get onto the helicopter. They all get on the helicopter and they're flying off, okay? Like so then they like, all get in the helicopter. There's yes. like 12 people. 20 people. Helicopter. So, yes. So Snake... Uh, Utopia, Eddie, Hershey, Hershey, and like five or six of Hershey's like men all get in this helicopter. 
and they take off, and then, like, Cuervo Jones picks up, like, a, a, a missile launcher, a rocket launcher, and then, like, <laughs> Steve Buscemi hangs out of the helicopter, shoots him in the chest, mind you. <laughs> but somehow Cuervo Jones is still able to fire the rocket launcher. It hits the helicopter, incinerates everybody in the back seat. They're just, like, it, that's all it does, though. It catches on fire and incinerates just everybody. In just, just the back, the back seat. seat, though. Right, because Utopia and Snake are still fine. Buscemi is, meanwhile, has fallen off the helicopter already. So, so it incinerates everybody in the back. Um, they're going back to L.A. He lets the president's daughter out, and he's like, hey, get out of here, run for the tree line, uh, and like puts the device in her pocket, or what we think is a device. A little confusing. Um, so he lands. They all show up. Um, but it turns out, like, the joke was, because this whole time he has, like, a like a fancy thing on his wrist. It's, like, counting down how much time he has until the virus, you know? Yeah, they're uh, called stuff. They're called, they're called clocks. All right, whatever. Anyways. Well, the wrist. The... So, anyways. His wrist watch? All right, anyways. So, it, it, counts, it counts down to zero, and then, like, the big surprise is, like, he's not dead because they're like, oh, yeah, we, we lied. The virus, it's not lethal. It really is just, like, a mild case of the flu. So he was never going to die, and he doesn't need an antidote. And so, haha. So the, the president, uh, they capture the president's daughter. She apparently didn't do a great job getting away. Uh, they, <laughs> they find the device on her, and then, like, Uncle Ben immediately sends her to the electric chair. So uh, he's then he gives like an immediate press conference. Do you like how they're like, oh, they just crashed a helicopter outside. Let's make sure we have a camera. That's believable. But we also <laughs> need to bring a background and a podium. Quick, <laughs> quick, and a teleprompter. They do. They set that all up so you can get this press conference. Because like, I think we glossed over it, but they talk about how Cuervo Jones is doing this invasion of the United States and like there's forces from Cuba and like other countries and so, like, the, the president's like, all right, I'm going to use the device and send out the electromagnetic pulse and stop Cuba. But then, oh, surprise, they had switched it out. It's actually Eddie's device, and it starts playing the thing about the map to the stars video. Um, and so it's like, oh, and then, like, it turns out that Snake has the actual device. And not only that, they try and shoot him, but he was using the hologram thing. And there was the scene where, like, I was watching it where he's surrounded in a circle by a bunch of people, and they all open up on him. Like, how did they not shoot each other? Yeah. So so they all shoot, and it turns out, oh, he's the hologram. And then Snake is – I can't remember how far away you could be and still use it. Like, I can't remember the range. Like a half a mile? But, like, yeah, it was so, pretty far. So Snake, like, he sets the device – he puts in the code to use it on the entire world. And then he hits the button and basically sends the world back to the Stone Age because it shuts down every single electronic and every device. And then he, um, he, he randomly finds a pack of smokes on the ground and he lights up a cigarette. Well, and they give him the matches, like and he uses the match from the beginning of the movie, which is like, good old matches. They're oh. just matches. Oh, that's right. I forgot when they're explaining all his gear, there's matches in there. That's a good callback. Well, and that's why I laughed too. Like, ah, oh, they say, you know, he saves the president's daughter from being electrocuted. I'm like, everyone in that room still has guns. Just, <laughs> like those, those still work. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it's just so weird. Cause like the whole movie, he wants like a cigarette and then like, he just happens to find like an entire pack, like sitting in front of him in the woods and he lights up a cigarette with those matches. And that's the end. Yeah. Now there were Welcome. actually 
several, not several, but there were three, um, three possible endings they were working on. Like Clue? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm pulling it up now. Let me find it real quick. Okay. I had it because I, I, for the most part, remember it. All right, here. Here's the ending. So the, in the first ending, the Plutsoxin 7 was not a hoax and the virus kills Snake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second ending was uh, the president had the real remote control and uh, Snake had the, the map to the stars. And then the president shut down Cuba and Mexico. Oh, Mexico. That was the other yep. one that was And then the third ending was... Uh, so the third ending would... Um, he, didn't use, he didn't have the hologram. So he wouldn't have had the hologram. And after switching the remote control units, they would have just shot and killed Snake. <laughs> Jeez. So this actually was the best ending. This was the best ending that they had. Wow. That is wild that out of all that this ends up being the best one and it's still pretty terrible. Yeah. I, I, I like the one where the Plutoxin just kills him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the ending? It counts down to zero and he just dies. Like, <laughs> That's fade it. Fade to black. The... I think one of the, I think one of the craziest things I came across when I was doing my research, and I'm sure you both saw this, was that they were going to make a third one. And that it was going to be called Escape from Mars. Yeah. But that this, this movie did so terrible that it just became that, like, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, which we but, also saw the theater. I did not see that. Yes, movie. you did. Oh, man. You, you blocked that one out, too? We saw it in the theater. You know, what, you know what I'm thinking of? You know what movie we should have done with you, Fransky, now that we're almost through with this episode? The Scorpion yeah. King. Why <laughs> didn't we do the Scorpion King? <laughs> I don't know. We just we missed a big opportunity. Next time oh. you're on Scorpion oh. King, for sure. Hopefully, I can come back <laughs> if I don't if I don't catch Plutoxin Seven. <laughs> but yeah, so I I want to I want I'm just curious, like if I were to rewatch Ghost of Mars because apparently I've seen it before. If it would seem like if it would have any kind of like if you could be like, oh, I could see this being a third sequel to like a, a Snake Plissken I mean, movie. Or if they completely rewrote it, so it's. Not I don't anything. remember it well. But it had a weird supernatural element to it, which I think they probably would have left out if it was the, you know, the snake movie. But the main character, it's not, is it, it's not Mila Jovovich. It's um, somebody else is the main character. I think I get confused because I feel like there were two Mars movies that came out like right around, right around the same time. There was like Ghosts of Mars and Red Planet and they both came out like in the same year. Like Ghosts of Mars have Val Kilmer. I no, that was Red Planet. Red Planet had Rufal Kilmer. My bad. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking up now. You know, Ghost of Mars had Ice Cube in it. Oh, see, I thought Ice Cube was in Ghost... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is like a Dante's Peak but, volcano thing all over again. Pam Greer was in Ghost of Mars. Oh, reprising her character of her. I don't she? know. She was Commander Helena Braddock. Huh. Who was But this? Jason Statham... Yes. Mars. Oh, Natasha, N- Natasha Henstrich. That's who's in it. Uh, oh. But I remember her character essentially being the female snake. Oh, okay. Got it. Well, I'll have to, we'll have to put that on the list of movies to do. No, that's good. We can just watch it separately. <laughs> I'm okay so, with that. So based on just current events, any time that uh, they were like, oh, you've got Plutoxin 7, and it was like, you've got another symptom snake, and he's like, and you're like, are you coughing now? You're like, oh, Snake, you got to get that checked out. <laughs> you can't be out in public like that. Yeah, snake, Snake, put on a mask at least if you got snake, walking around. Yeah. At Plutoxin 7. If you're going to be inside this weird brothel where they're throwing knives at a corpse, you got to have a mask on, dude. Make sure you have that mask. 
<laughs> yeah, so this movie was crazy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild movie, man. Um, it, it was, was a not... solid 100 minutes of film. <laughs> it was not what I was expecting, even though apparently I've seen it before. Yeah. It, we it we was... definitely saw it in the theater. It was like an all-new experience for me, let me tell you. I did not – I feel like I would have remembered seeing him drain all those basketball shots. Like, I feel like that would have stuck with me. I don't know. I swear – I. I know we. I know I. At least I saw it in AMC, Wonderland. But I swear you were there with me. I feel like you just automatically attached me to every movie that you saw for a certain period of time, and I wasn't necessarily at all the screenings. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I stuck my brother in. You know, when he was, uh, let's see, but ninety six when he was eight. <laughs> we this was, was this rated R. We wouldn't even have been old enough to get into it. It was Wonderland. I don't think they're carding at Wonderland. Yeah, it, that's why we saw it at Wonderland. All right, that's, that's fair. Open. Yeah. That's fair. I'll give you that. So um, I think I kind of touched on everything I had, uh, you know, kind of to talk about. I don't know if you guys had anything else that you wanted to mention, making a behind the scenes that we didn't cover at all. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I came across that was crazy. Uh, I mean, a lot of it was. <laughs> I think my favorite part of researching this was the Rob Zombie music video that was made for this. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the music. <laughs> That's probably the best thing to come out of this was the Rob Zombie music video, which was directed by John Carpenter, I believe. Yeah. Do, doesn't Rob Zombie maybe have a cameo in this or no? Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? I'm getting confused. LPJ, he had a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he's so much Rob. Pri- he's one of the prisoners. So much Rob Zombie content on this podcast. There really is. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a post credit scene where we just talk about the song Dragula, <laughs> <laughs> and whether it's better at digging through the ditches or burning through the witches. No, I'd rather slam in the back of my Dracula. <laughs> um, I do oh, have wow. one. I do have one other role reversal. Okay. So uh, I previously said Goldie Hawn was gonna be Utopia. Right. The other choice was Kate Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kurt, weird. Kurt Russell's daughter. Uh, um, yeah. So who else did they consider for Snake Plissken? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Kurt Russell wrote the movie. They're like, listen, we're going to recast you, though. Yeah. We're, we're really trying to get um, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man, all right. I don't know. Uncle Ben and Spider-Man reunited. That's all I can think of. I got nothing. No, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we, are, you think we're ready to rate this? Yeah, I would say we're probably ready to write this thing. Uh, let me hit the button right about. Oh, man. No, thank you. Okay, now. Okay. Now, we usually let our guests go first, uh, or you can choose to defer to one of us. So it's out of how many machine guns? Five? Five machine guns. Five, and you can do half machine guns. Uh,. I'm going to give this, I'll give this a two and a half. I mean, it was obviously he's got terrible CGI or a ridiculous story, but I mean, for a hundred minutes, it is kind of just fun. If you can just take it for what it is, it's a, uh, it is, it exists. <laughs> uh, LPJ. Um, here's the weird thing. Oh boy. oh boy. I like this movie more now than I did the first time I saw it because of how stupid it is 
And, you know, I'm a John Carpenter slappy. I love John Carpenter movies. That is true, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this, I, just because I enjoyed it a lot more now, I'm going to give it a three. Um, okay. But I will say this. I will preface <laughs> it by saying, I, that three for me is more likely a two for everybody else. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not too, I, I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, this is, it, it's undeniably a bad movie, but I did feel like it, like it was fun to watch. Like it wasn't like a drag to get through. Like it was, it was like the right kind of bad where like the special effects are so bad. And some of the things that happen are just so ridiculous. Like that it was like, yeah, I was like, and it was, it, it was just one of those ones where even just like talking back about it, it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is fun. Like it'd be fun to watch again, especially that basketball scene. So uh, I'm not quite where you are, LBJ, because uh, I <laughs> don't have any nostalgia for it because I forgot <laughs> I erased what I saw before. So I'll give it – you know what? I was thinking two, but I had a lot of fun talking about it, so I'm going to give it two and a half, I, I think. you know, And you can watch it free on Tubi if you got the Tubi. <laughs> you just got to watch a few commercials. So Nope, I'm out. That, <laughs> okay. That's why I bought it. <laughs> Oh, you did? Did you buy it? Yeah, you know, I bootleg like I normally do for two bucks. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta. You, we, we're gonna have to have an off-camera discussion about that because I feel like every time I try and do that, it doesn't work for me, and like it doesn't recognize it, and it never goes well. But we'll we'll talk about it a different time. All right, fair enough. But yeah, two and a half. I think that's that. That's where I'm at with this. All right. Well, there we go. I win. Um... <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> then I change. Then I change. I give it four. <laughs> I win. Oh, well, you go right ahead and do that. <laughs> Dang it, you tricked me. Um, well, I want to say thank you for asking you for joining us. Yeah, oh, thank you. This has been thank fun. Is there anything you, you want to plug? <laughs> um, Would you like to plug your other appearances on our, on our show? I, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, if you like this installment, please come back when Scorpion King is, uh, is assessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that I do remember seeing, and we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that because I haven't seen that probably since we saw it in the theaters. You are correct. <laughs> well, you know, twenty years is good. Wait, you know, we could either, we could either do that or call the conqueror, right? Oh, call. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of those two, but no, seriously, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, it was great to be able to have you on. Uh, and it was a, it was a, I'm glad we ended up on this movie because it was a, a lot of fun to talk about. <laughs> well, thanks. And I'm just happy that Tim Curry, I think is still around. So. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Th- thank God for Tim Curry. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you want to just say thank you to the patrons? Yeah, of course. Thank you very much to the patrons for your support. It helps us out a lot. Um, and if you're interested, you know, check us out on Patreon. Um, we do have every month we put out our uh, post credit scene, our bonus episode where, you know, as opposed to focusing on a specific movie, we dig into, you know, kind of varied movie related topics and kind of just have fun with it. Uh, but all the shows on the network, you can get some uh, bonus content. So it's definitely worth checking out and we do appreciate the support. Yep. And we have other shows on the network as well. <laughs> Plug the shows, Joe. <laughs> You're just staring at me. Uh, well, you got you got the uh, Gamezilla podcast, which uh, well, we come out on Mondays. Their podcast records on Monday nights live. You can watch it on Mixer, I believe. Nope, Mixer's Mixer's still on, Joe. Okay, Mixer, Mixer full, but <laughs> see, this is why I don't do this. I know that's why I like having you do it. 
but then you can you can listen to it in podcast form on Tuesdays. Uh, Wednesdays you have Noobs and Dragons, starring me, starring LPJ. LPJ. Uh, and then uh, Thursdays, uh, Legend of Retro. Yep, our friends, uh, Glitch and Chops and Xander everyone, and everybody Craig. else. Craig. Yeah, everyone over there. We we we've been on that show. We've been guest stars on it. We've done crossovers with them. Uh, check yeah, that Frasky, out. That's a show you need to be on. We, you need to pick a, you need to pick a good retro game to, to discuss on Legend of Retro. Sounds good. I'll let them know how excited you are. And then obviously, as... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. You can't even contain your excitement. All right. <laughs> They're going to be good. pumped. And the uh, currently on hiatus, but will return, uh, Noiseland Arcade, the uh, Simpsons podcast. That is correct. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've had a good time. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anything, we learned that Frasky is psyched to be a guest on The Legend of Retro. I know. If I, yeah, any, any show on the GameZilla Media Network that I can be a part of. Are you, are you, calling, them, are you calling them right now? Put your phone down. <laughs> yes. Put your phone down. It's like... Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. That's just great. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we appreciate all the support and check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and kind of uh, Twitter. And of course, uh, join the Discord because that's where we interact probably mostly with uh, fans of the show. That is correct. Uh, but that being said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>